like to invite you to a soul-level encounter. Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That's what we seek as we invite our guests to share their Song of the Soul. You will hear the music that has charted the steps of their spiritual journey, that has provided a touchstone in the soul's dark night and sung the heart's awe and joy when come to the light. Over the next hour, you will be a witness and companion to our guests' spiritual path and sacred testimony. Welcome to Song of the Soul. We're back today for another hour visit with Dave Smith, stage name Dov the Bard. Dov being a Celtic word, pronounced as Dov, but spelled D-A-M-H. Listen to last week's interview with Dave to get the full story on that. Last week, Dave shared Song of the Soul music from other artists that he's been inspired by, but this week he'll be sharing a few of his own songs, highlighting his perspective as a druid and pendragon of the order of bards, ovates, and druids. So Dave, how about starting us off with some of your music? Great. Okay. Well, we're going to play a song called Green and Grey now. When I first wrote this song, I was a little nervous, I have to say, because I didn't want it to come over as an anti-Christian song at all. But within paganism, the goddess has, you know, has had her voice taken away through history. But the pagan horned god of the forest has probably had just as bad treatment because he's been turned into the image of the devil. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that Satan has cloven hoof and horns. Yet, when people look at the devil, they'll see this cloven hoof horned figure. But actually, that is Hern, that is Kanunos, that is Pan. These are old ancient pagan deities of fertility and of the woodland. And what I wanted to do was to have a conversation between Christian priest and that old pagan deity. And I wanted to put them in the same place. And I wanted to see what kind of conversation they might have together. And green and grey was the result. On this beautiful spring day High from the music that they made But what beheld him Within that place 
A look of recognition fell across his face. Oh, Lucifer, oh, Lucifer, why do you appear to me? For I am a man of God, a priest. I'm no devil and father to I have been
an incredible song by Dov the Bard, Dave Smith. The song is Green and Gray. Dov, I, I so loved the way you wove together there the feeling of being in the woods and the beauty of it with this theological debate of sorts going back and forth. The line, whatever happened to free will? It's like, wow, what, so what are we talking about here, priest? And unfortunately, Christianity, because of, I think, necessities of trying to close down its competitors, did shut itself off from some of its strengths, even. Yes. I mean, if you look at the early Christian mystics like St. Columba, who founded the monastery on Iona in Scotland, he said, Christ my druid that is one of his sayings and this is from from the very very early stages of christianity in britain and he acknowledged the connection with the natural world that the druids had and made that connection with christ himself you know and i have a huge amount of respect for these people because i think ultimately we're all looking for that same thing you know we may call it different names but we're we're searching for that same thing and i think those early christians certainly were doing that and it was just when politics got hold of it wasn't it really that it started to lose its way, in my opinion, but there we are. You know, some of the books that were removed from the Catholic Bible, the Apocrypha, those books, I found some passages in there that were very interesting to me. I'd been told by a friend that there was a point where people were discouraged from meeting acorns, which was, you know, a hunter-gatherer type thing to do, that they were discouraged from eating acorns, but that they should eat wheat. And in these books from the Bible, it actually says, you know, acorns are for pigs, wheat is for people. Sure. Which makes total sense, probably, if you're in the Middle East as well. You know, the preferences of food, for instance, are probably, you know, fixed in time and place, and they make total sense in the environment and the time they were written down. But, you know, we shall not suffer a witch to live and all these things that are against other... <sighs> no. I think, move on, people. <laughs> 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 By the way, in that song, Green and Gray, you have the piper saying, I'm green and gray. Yes. And I'm assuming that the green was connected to the growing native world, and the gray is neither black nor white. Is that what it's about? I, I was I was curious what you were intending yeah. by those words. You know, lots of people. I've, I've I've had this conversation with a lot of people, and 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 many people have had their own ideas about what that is and what it means. But when I wrote it, that is exactly what it is. So I am green. Yes, I am the green face of nature. I am the budding leaf of spring. I am the wildness of nature. Yeah, so that's obvious, the green. The grey, neither black nor white, hear what I'm saying, green and grey, is magic. Because when we say magic, people say, oh, is that black, white magic? Is that black magic? Or is it white magic? And magic is just magic. Magic is grey. It's the, the way it is used that makes it baneful or otherwise, yeah? It's like... You know, I've heard it say that, that having a nuclear deterrent is what stopped a lot of wars in the past. So is the nuclear bomb a evil thing or is it a good thing? Is it black, white? No, it's just a thing. It's what we do with it that makes it good or bad, isn't it? Nuclear energy, for instance. You know, we can blow things up with it or we can run our houses on it. And magic, to me, is just is a natural force that is all around us. And it is just there. It's like air itself. Water. Water to a fish is wonderful. Water to us 
will drown in it. You know, is the water good or evil? Neither. It's just water. <laughs> you know, it's just doing its thing. You know, so that's what the gray means in green and gray. But what do you mean by magic? Does that mean abracadabra, poof, you're disappeared? Or No, I'm not talking about stage magic. Pagans will sometimes use the word magic and spell, where a Christian would use the word prayer. So it's just that a, that a spell in magic will utilize a force that we believe exists, um, uh, called, you know, a magical force that is like, it, the best way I can, I've heard it described is it's, it's called the web of weird. It's a web that connects all life and all living things and everything in the planet down from the biggest elephant to the tiniest microbe. Every single thing is connected on that web. And when you pluck one part of the web, something happens in another part of the web and the magician is taught and the druid and the magician is taught how to do that in a in a beneficial way so you know that to me is what the magic is it's working with the web of weird have you seen avatar the film Mm -hmm. yes i have well there's a there's a beautiful thing in there where she says a similar thing that everything in the forest is connected and that, I mean, if I was to ever say to someone, you know, if someone was to say to me, what do you believe? Uh, I'd say, watch Avatar up to the point where they start destroying the tree. <laughs> <laughs> because everything that she says, everything those natives say they believe in is part of my belief system of how we're all connected as living beings on this planet. And magic is part of that. I want all of you listeners to know that there is a bonus for you on the NorthernSpiritRadio.org website. A bit more interview with Dave and another song that he selected for his song, The Soul, but that we found out would not fit in this program. So go to NorthernSpiritRadio.org and listen to Dav the Bard's selection, Rocky Mountain High by John Denver. I'm sorry we couldn't include it here, Dave, but keep us going on your music for your song of the soul. Okay, so this next song is another song by myself. This song is called Pagan Ways. Basically, it's a bit of a rant in a way because it's kind of like when we look at our television programs and things like that, things that absorb our attention, it takes us away from the magic. And I think a lot of what we are fed by modern culture is, is taking us away from the magic of the natural world. Actually, what we all should do is turn off our TV sets and just put on our hiking boots and get out there into the natural world and live for a weekend under a tarp with a small fire and just make that connection again. And then that, to me, is what this is all about, pagan ways.
by Dov the Bard, also known as Dave Smith. He's here today for Song of the Soul, sharing, fortunately, some of his songs. Now, you've got six CDs out there, Dave. Yep. Is there a progression to them? You mentioned that in the mid-early 90s, that's when you came back to the folk fold, if you will, a, a bit more from the rock world. You also said that this had to do with 
perhaps family changing on your part that maybe you gave up the rock world because you can't tour and be a rock musician and be a good home person? So it was a lot of things, really. I had children. <laughs> that was the big thing for me. And it's really tough to be angry when you've got kids. Oh, I found it that way. I didn't want anything. I didn't want to imagine anything bad in the world anymore. After I had my two sons, I just so, I, I, you know, like I say, I was quite into, you know, Stephen King novels and heavy rock music and heavy metal and stuff like that. For a few years, I just put it all to one side because the only thing in my life that made any sense were my sons. And then obviously, as time goes on, you realize that they're part of who you are. You know, it is a part of who you are. You don't have to deny it. So, you know, in the end, I just couldn't stop it. And in the end, I, it was ACDC that got me back in the end. I mean, how can you not? They're riffs, seriously. <laughs> I looked on your website and I saw that Pagan Ways, the immediate inspiration for the song was actually something that happened there in the UK. You want to mention about that? Yeah. OK. The inspiration for Pagan Ways came about from a headlong collision with my spiritual path and modern day pop culture. <laughs> In the UK, we have a program called the Trini and Susanna Show. I don't know if you have it over there, but um, it's two women who they're rather they're rather tough with their chosen ladies who they get in and, and try and make look beautiful by wrapping them up in various designer clothes and stuff like that. What they did is they came to the Long Man of Wilmington with ITV, you know, the, the channel here, with a 100 women who they dressed up in white protective clothing, you know, white plastic suits, and they all walked up onto this ancient hill figure and changed him by laying all over him, changed him into various shapes of women with boobs and things like that, you know, and, and pigtails and stuff like that. And on the whole, you know, that seems like a bit of fun. And I'll agree, it does seem like just a bit of fun. But actually, does every single thing that we hold sacred have to be trivialised for modern day entertainment? I don't think it should be. I think there are some things that we should just honour as being special. And the long man of Wilmington is a Sussex Hill figure, and every year, often he's vandalised. He's very, very visible. And I just came away from that and just wanted to put something down and just thought, I've got to get this out, how I feel about this invasion of all of our lives of modern-day culture, you know. And that was the inspiration behind Pagan Ways. A reminder to our listeners, you're tuned in to Song of the Soul, and I'm Mark Helpsmeet, host of this Northern Spirit Radio production on the web at northernspiritradio.org. You can listen to any of the seven-plus years of archives there, get on our RSS feed, or do that via iTunes. Find the list of stations carrying our programs, leave comments, and please do leave comments. We could also use your financial support. There's a donate button, and you can find our address at nordenspiritradio.org. Right now, let's continue our Song of the Soul visit with Dave Smith, Dov the Bard, over in Brighton, England. You were talking, Dave, about the desecration of the Druidic holy spot that 
place where I think you mentioned that you and other local druids and pagans celebrate the solstices, equinoxes, and cross-quarter days. So that's a sacred location, right? It is. It's a very sacred location. It would be like, you know, the Trinity and Susanna show turning up at St. Paul's Cathedral and wanting to do a similar thing to, to the image of Christ on the cross. But, you know, they just didn't get it. However, the good news is that ITV sent a letter to the pagan community of Sussex and Sussex Archaeological Trust saying that they would never do anything like that to the hill figure again, that they'd learned their lessons and they, it was a complete misunderstanding and they'd dropped the ball, basically, and had no idea of how offensive that could be. So it was a, in the end, he's protected from that happening again, but it was just horrible at the time. You know, technology... I think each of us has to have a love-hate relationship with it. In some ways, it seems like it opens up tremendous possibilities of connection, depth, understanding. We can certainly learn things in an instant that before we would have to spend weeks searching through different libraries, and now those libraries are all available via the Internet. And you and I can talk, you over there in the U.K., and in the south of England, here I am in the Midwestern area of the United States. So I can bring your music, your talent, your thoughts, to people here in the U.S. And we can do that because of technology. And yet the technology we call television, it tends to invade and occupy an ever larger space in our hearts so that we don't take the time to just sit down and be and listen and observe and go to the deep listening Yes, yeah. You know, it's the result of green and gray again. You know, the television isn't the problem. It's what we are fed on it that is the problem. It could be used. I'll, t- I'll give you an example. We recently had the Olympics here. And for two weeks, the news here started, every single news started with achievements people who had worked their whole lives to attain a goal and had won through and reached that pinnacle of their physical fitness and they'd achieved a goal. And then only after they had given that good news did they get on to a bit of the sort of negative news around the world. And by doing that, you could feel people's hope return. Whereas as soon as the Olympics have gone, You turn on the news and it's just death and destruction again. I really wish that they'd have learned from that change in vibe of the whole nation by just saying, actually, let's change this because good news is news too. And so let's start the news with some real good stuff about what's happening around the world because there is loads of good things happening, but it's for some reason, it's not newsworthy, is it? It's, it's not deemed important. Only the bad news is deemed important. When people hear the word pagan, I'm sure 30 years ago, the reaction was overwhelmingly, oh, these are people who do human sacrifice or some other such misinterpretation. Is there any contradiction in your mind in being both a pagan and a Christian? I think I don't understand pagan Christianity. I don't get it fully, but I will fight for the person's right to do it. Do you know what I mean? I I think it's absolutely, if somebody feels in their heart that that is their connection and the way they make that connection with the divine, then I would be there right at the front line fighting for their right to do it. But to me, I know there are Christian druids and I can understand that a little bit more. 
And the reason I can understand that more is because I, I've met a lot more of them <laughs> and spoken to them about it. You know, <laughs> so so I can talk on that side. How can you be a Christian Druid? Well, in the early days of the church, before they made the decision to either come down as Catholicism or as the Celtic Church, which that I think happened at a thing called the Synod of Whitby, some you know, years and years and years ago. Celtic Christianity was a bit more like the Pelagian heresy. It, it kind of, it reveled in the beauty of the creation that God had made, which is this planet and us and the world and the animals and the plants and the trees. So Celtic Christianity had a lot more, far more honour to that creation rather than just the creator. So there I can see how Druidry and Christianity can be blended. Paganism is, has always been something that's been slightly different because with paganism, what is often brought to mind is the idea of many gods or a duality. I don't know many pagans who are monotheistic, but I do know pagans who are duotheistic, who are polytheistic, who are panentheistic, who are pantheistic, <laughs> but, n but hardly any of them are monotheistic. So it's harder to see how that can sit as the same tradition. I could probably make some Christians pretty mad at me if I point out that Christianity with what is called the Trinity is really an attempt to make monotheistic Judaic religion polytheistic. <laughs> to, to make multiple, yeah, make it polytheistic <laughs> while still saying it. We're just one, yeah, just one guy. Yeah. Right? I mean, the thing is, you know, you can say that about the saints as well, can't you, in, in Catholicism? is that... Well, and I was, yeah, I was raised Catholic. Yeah, so... Even though I've been Quaker for the last 30 plus years, I was raised and Mary and the saints, they're lifted above people in, in some important way. I mean, they do miracles and such that it means, you know, you pray to Mary for intercession to get into heaven. That's a step beyond, and maybe that's closer to a pagan way of seeing multiple forces of power. Yeah, I think Mary can certainly stand as the goddess of Christianity. I mean, that'll probably wind a few people up as well, but do you know what I mean? She definitely has that energy and she holds that space of the divine feminine, you know, which is missing in a lot of Christianity. It's unfortunate that we have given away some things, probably unnecessarily. Again, I don't want to argue theology with anybody out there in the world, and part of the way that I'm a Quaker is I love to look for light wherever I can find it. And so I have no problem with pagan light or with Muslim light or with secular humanist light. I mean, it, it's all light as far as I'm concerned. Secular humanists, by the way, are they a group that are very welcome or represented within pagan circles? Yes, yes. I mean, it, it, you'll find that humanist paganism is, is definitely on the rise. I think it had its start with atheists who were also considering themselves paganism. Like we, they would call them naturalist pagans. They will look at science and the humanist angle as a sacred thing and something to be celebrated with the arts and creativity. So yeah, yeah, it's definitely there within paganism. Well, let's go on. I think we've got one song left to share. You want to introduce Walk This World With Music? Yes. Yeah, so this last song is called Walk This World With Music, and it's by an English folk singer called Chris Wood. And to me, there are some songs that I just wish I'd written. <laughs> you know, if I was Doctor Who, yeah, I could go back in time, write this, and then, and then play something. No, you know, it, it is just, it sums up to me everything of what the ritual year 
and what music is all about. So within this song, you'll, you'll have from the winter solstice sunrise through to the Beltane Morris dance of raising the, the eye of the sun at, at May Day, and how music is part, such an intrinsic part of our lives. And it, it just gives me shivers. And yeah, so <laughs> walk this world with music by Chris Starry night and starry night And we were brave and we were bright And as we sang with all our might The moon came out to cheer us This will go on though dynasties pass to mark and circumscribe our listless lives The staff of life in crumbs will fall But we will walk this world with music The orchards rang, the orchards rang Our muskets rattle, our saucepans bang and as we gathered and as we sang The year came in to cheer us This will go on though dynasties pass To mark and circumscribe our listless lives The staff of life and crumbs will fall and we will walk this world with music. Oh, no, 
dynasty's past To mark and circumscribe our listless lives The staff of life in crumbs will fall We will walk this world renewed This will go on, no dynasty's past To mark and circumscribe our listless lives The staff of life in crumbs will fall But we will walk this world Peace, Walk This World with Music by Chris Wood. There's some dances I do, by the way, Dave, particular dances, you know, welcoming the light back kind of dances from Scandinavian countries. There's one called Long Dance that has that feel to me, that we're stepping strongly on the earth, but raising up toward the sun, toward the light that's we're trying to welcome back. Long Dance is normally a summer solstice dance. That would make total sense, wouldn't it? Those dances are part of our very DNA, I think. And, you know, for a while, people would call it reenactment, wouldn't they? We're reenacting this. But I think more and more, we're actually reclaiming it. And we're, we're doing it honestly and, and from the heart as well as just as a some kind of, you know, not as some kind of novelty act as Morris dancing, but actually from, from the heart and going out at Beltane and raising the sun as Morris dancers and as dancers from other traditions. Yeah. So is dancing or dancing, if I'm in England, <laughs> is that a part of Druidic ceremonies at all? Or, and, and dancing loose, loosely defined. I mean, I, I recognize that some dancing is moving physically together and there may be some beat or sound, but some people think dancing means you have to be doing Saturday night. Yeah, fever. more and more. Within England here, we have our country dancing is called Morris dancing. And if you look at the origins of some of these dances, some of them are certainly within the working class and the mines and things like that. But there are other dances and some songs like Speeding the Plough and the King of Fairy and all these other things that they do that are so obviously have their roots within ancient paganism and the celebration of the cycle of the seasons. And so more and more you'll find Druid and pagan rituals that are 
as part of that ceremony, including a, a Morris dance of some description. And, and I think it's beautiful, you know, and when we finish at the Long Man and we've done our Beltane ritual and the sun's shining and we go down to the local pub in Wilmington called the Giant's Rest and we sit there and we drink our ale and then the Morris dancers come out and they dance outside the pub. It could be from any period of English history, do you know what I mean? It's, it's just a beautiful return to something that I think is sorely missing and it's great to be back. I'm curious, Dave, about how, as a pagan father, how this has been passed on or maybe adapted. As a young man who was raised Catholic, I didn't look at it as reacting against my father that I chose not to be Catholic. I was just finding my path. How is that playing out with your sons? What you'll find here in the UK is that children within families of, of parents who are pagan are purely children of pagan parents. They are not pagan children. There's a big difference in that. So I took my kids along to camps and they came along with me and they did ritual with me and stuff like that. But they, I never, ever brought them up as pagan children. I just had them with me while I was being a pagan. Does that, yeah, does that make sense, yeah? Sure. And, and it was amazing because they would go to school the next day and they would say to their friends, what did you do at the weekend? And they said, oh, I sat down and I played Pokemon on my Xbox all weekend. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. and what did you do at the weekend? Oh, well, I went to a camp and we burnt a huge wicker man and it was, you know, and we had Morris dancing there <laughs> and, uh, and we did a massive Beltane ritual and it was great fun. There was a massive bonfire and we all sat around singing songs. You know, they had a great upbringing within paganism, you know what I mean? And they still go and they still choose to go with to these camps. And like they're now they're now 18 and 21, you know, (laughs) (laughs) and they're still choosing to come along. And I asked them this question. I'd say, would you you know, are you would you think of yourselves as pagan or just children of pagan parents? And they both said we would think of ourselves as children of pagan parents. However, to us, the philosophy of paganism just seems like common sense you know, to them, that's all. So yeah, that's it. They never had it taught to them, but they just absorbed it as part of their life and as part of their upbringing. It sounds like a rich yeah. upbringing and, and, and quite a step up from playing yes. Pokemon. Really <laughs> yeah, absolutely. One last question. One of the things that I think religion has done for many people it's been a force of cohesion and mutual support. It's been community, right? It's a, a people that you value and that you're going to be there for. How does that play out in the pagan community? Does it feel that same need? Or I assume it does fill that same yes. need. Yes. I think the thing that, that Christianity and Islam and, and Buddhist traditions have that we don't necessarily have is focal meeting places, physical meeting places so for instance they will have the church or the temple the, you know the hindu temple or whatever or the mosque yeah where they can go and meet and be part of a community pagans don't tend to have those recognized places we have our adopted sacred sites from the ancient times you know so for us uh, I, I was speaking to a hindu the other day who said you know, we said, you know, we're very jealous of your of your temples and the way you can build communities like that. And, he, and, the, and the response was, we're very jealous of the way you utilize modern technology such as the Internet. 
because a lot of the pagan communities meet on the web. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And, and we've readily adopted that as part of that place to, to meet up and consistently talk with each other and learn more about each other rather than because we don't have these regular meetings of a Sunday going to church that other faiths have, you know. And so from the outside, it can look a lot more fragmented. And some people say that the pagan community is so diverse it isn't a community at all. However, when something happens to somebody, for instance, my eldest son broke his leg and was close to having to have it amputated just over a year ago. It was a horrible, horrible time, you know, for him, sure, but for his family, for me, for his mum, you know, we just didn't know his life was at a complete and utter crossroads, depending on how this operation went. And everywhere, the pagan community all over the world just gelled in one huge bundle of love and support for me, for his mum and for Zach. That is when you know that you are part of a community, is when it when it's needed, you know? It might not always visibly be there, but when it's needed, you know, we know we're there and we know we have it. And it was overwhelming, the result, you know? It's beautiful to have that. And how do people normally express that? In kind of typical traditional Christianity, I'll pray for you, in Quaker circles, we say, I'll hold you in the light. That's probably the preferred Quaker. We can say pray for you too, but hold you in the light is what we most typically say yeah. here. How do you express I, it? I had both of those statements said to me, I'll light a candle on my altar for you. I'll hold you in my thoughts. You know, no, you aren't alone. No, we're with you. You know, you're, we're, you're held by us. We'll send healing as much as we can. All those things, no one sentiment, but just all different aspects of it from pouring out from all over the world. It was something else. And it wasn't just pagans. It was, you know, my, my music seems to cross boundaries as well. And, and I had people from all faiths doing that as well. It was just something else, really. <laughs> well, thank you for being a vortex, for bringing blessing into people. I see we've got to wind down our visit here, and I really don't want to do that, Dave. <laughs> I really would like to just stay on the phone with you for just for a full day. And I love your songs, your music, your stories, uh, your deep sense of connection, all of that. I just honor and appreciate. I'm so glad you could be here today for Song of the Soul. We've got a moment. Can we send out our listeners with one more song, sure, perhaps, of yours? absolutely. We'll, we'll play um, a song from my debut album. It's the first song on my first album, this, and it's called The Song of Arwen. And I guess the, uh, the way that I could explain this is with a joke. <laughs> <laughs> There's this joke that um, a guy is out in the middle of the ocean and he's on his rocking boat and he prays for, for God to save him. And along comes a helicopter and, and he says, I've come to save you. And the guy says, no, no, sorry. I'm praying God's going to save me. And he says, all right. So he goes away. And then a great big ship comes along and he's still praying to God for saving. A great big ship comes along and says, we're here to save you. And he says, no, 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 God's going to save me. It's all right. You go away. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and this happens to five different things. And then finally he gets to, he, you know, sadly he drowns. He goes to heaven. He said, why didn't you save me? He said, well, I sent a helicopter, a ship, you know. <laughs> 
sent, sent a mermaid. <laughs> and and what this and that kind of sums it up for me. And as much as people say that, the, that sometimes they feel this disconnection with the natural world and with deity, and this song is all about the fact that the gods or God or whatever you want to call it shows His face, its face to you in all aspects of nature, from the sun glinting from the top of the mountaintop to the cry of a newborn baby to a salmon leaping from a river you know all these simple things that we take can take for granted are gods showing their face to us you know and so that is the song of arwen so we close out today's song of the soul interview with dave smith dav the bard again his website is paganmusic.co UK, or you can just follow the link from Northern Spirit Radio. Dave, it's just been wonderful having you here today for Song of the Soul. Thanks so much for joining oh, us. Oh, you're very welcome. It's been lovely to chat to you anytime, anytime. <laughs> Song of Awen by Dave Smith, Dav the Bard.
Theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it's called Song of the Soul. My name is Mark Helpsmeet, and this is a Northern Spirit Radio production. You can listen to this program again, track down the list of songs included, and a whole lot more on my website, northernspiritradio.org. And I invite you to share your Song of the Soul with my listeners. Just contact me via my website. And please, join me weekly for Song of the Soul. You can be happy.